Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-host, Miles Bauer. Miles, breaking news all over the place. You and I have been mocking. Maybe I better put... I want to put words in your mouth. I've been mocking the Durham report for the four years and the millions upon millions of dollars that it cost to generate it. Now that it's out, what say you? Was it a home run disappointment, what you expected? How do you qualify it, Miles Bauer? As I've always said, um, the swamp does not police the swamp. I never had high expectations. I am surprised he finally brought it to a close but what's somewhat disappointing is that he does does condemn the department of justice and uh, fbi but he doesn't indict anybody so it just becomes a giant nothing burger it is and and listen part of what we're going to talk about today folks, is the division in the media. Um, and this is a, a perfect example of it. So I go trying to, to create show notes for this episode. And I look on the media left, which is most of the media. And then I look on media right, which is just a little dinky bit. But both of them talking about the Durham report, it was as if they were describing two entirely different reports. And listen, I find that alarming, and that's kind of what I'm wanting to get get out on the table in this in the show. <laughs> but whenever I look at government media and all that, any great storyline starts with with U.S. Representative Adam Schiff for brains. Congressman files resolution to expel him for pushing false narratives, as as was disclosed in the in the Durham report. Uh, Miles, what, what do you think when there are calls for, in this case, Rep. Uh, Adam Schiff to be, they actually want him not just sanctioned, but removed. What say you on that? Uh, I don't think they they will. Um, no, I, I think you and I have said many times in previous shows that um, Schiff always said that um, he had evidence that there was collusion between Trump and uh, Russia, yet he has never been able to present anything. So it, it pretty much shows you that his constituency uh, believes in him big time, regardless of what comes out of his mouth. Right. Well, they like what comes out of his mouth. Right. That's that's really really the narrative. And in fact, the first two articles that I that I posted on our show notes, the first was that. What and, and I read it. Congressman files resolution to expel Rep. Adam Schiff for uh, pushing false narratives. That was from Fox News. But then my immediate secondary lineup was John Durham has to know his final report is a mess. That was from MSNBC. And so when I read those two storylines, 
first off, I thought both were clumsily written. That's just my opinion as an amateur writer. Setting that issue aside, uh, again, they were telling the story of two different reports. It's like everybody reads in what they want to read, and that's become the nature of all of these special prosecutors, the special investigators, is it just becomes political fodder, not not a legal action, not not a constitutional outcome, not a not an anything, just political fodder. Am I am I making too much light of this? No, I mean that that's the disappointing side of this is that if what Durham wrote is correct, why didn't he indict someone? Absolutely correct. But 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 the last several have not actually did anything along with the Democrats for, and, and I'm not, by the way, I can say the same thing about Republicans now with their uh, investigations at, at Lightham. You go, wait a minute, how much money are taxpayers paying on these gotcha, because that's all they're in pursuit of. They're not right. in pursuit of justice. They're not in pursuit of finding who did who did wrong. Neither side. They're all right. serving to the gotcha media because there's folks on the social media echo chamber on both sides that are looking to hear things that confirm what they believe. That's not what I want. I want, if the law says this, then you need to try that person and have them found innocent or guilty. I, the, the whole rest of this is just hogwash. So I read you the first one about her, but the, the, this uh, Paulina Luna wanting to remove, first off, her resolution to have him removed, removed will never even rise to a debate. The next one is it's, it's a hot mess. That's the, 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 the left reporting on it. Then the next one, the Durham report, Durham report finds bad apples have spoiled the FBI. And I rolled my eyeballs on that because for almost 11 years on this show, I can't, Miles, how many times have you heard me say, which founding father would have supported a federal police? And then the other big question is at what point, somebody remind me, at what point was the FBI not a political weapon? J. Edgar Hoover? Wasn't a political weapon? Come on. At least when he wasn't wearing his dress. But I digress. What do you what do you think? Is this hogwash? Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> and and it just I mean, hating to be a echo chamber my myself, but I mean this is just the latest piece of evidence that the swamp does not police the swamp. That's exactly what you said, and you're exactly correct. So we're asking a bunch of folks, and of course we've labeled them, and the labels change. If you read through show notes over the last 10 years, the labels themselves have changed. You know, the current popular one is the establishment, the, the you know, the, the Republicans, the Democrats, and the establishment, the establishment being the, the biggest party. And it goes to your point. They don't. They really want status quo. Status quo is where they make a lot of dough, they raise a lot of money, and and life is good for them. It goes back to the to the 08, 09 uh, economic recession, where every community in America had a recession, except for the community around Washington D.C. You go, wait a minute, how does that work? 
I, I, they, they get no, old. And you know, and the, the, this is the this is the problem that that made them hate Trump is that Trump went against the uh, swamp. He did. That was the bowling balls that you used to say when I said I wanted a statesman, and you'd say I want someone to throw bowling balls on this show. I might add, back during the primary of sixteen. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you wanted the bowling balls thrown at is this nonsense, where it's just week after week and cycle after cycle of unbelievable nonsense. Is that true? No, that is that is exactly true. No, and you know the 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 other thing that they couldn't have him do. Why would he not want to start a war? Um, Tell me what you mean. Will we? Tell me what you mean with that. Remember, he was trying to pull out of all of those manufactured oh, wars. No more police actions. And, yes. and and by the way, folks, just so you know, now that you remind me what we're talking about with that comment of yours, that's actually when I got on the Trump train because I'm a non-interventionist. So I've been asking, I wrote it in my first novel extensively, when I look at what we're doing with military and civilian security in sovereign countries all the way around the globe, Go, wait a minute, where exactly in the Constitution does it say we are the global socialist authority? That's, it's a problem. But listen, we're down to seconds. Miles, keep that thought because we've got a lot on our plate. We've got to somehow squeeze in because I'm hardly done with the FBI. Folks, we'll be right back. Mike Hewitt here. What happened to the American left? Anti-Bill of Rights, pornography in schools, restrict parental knowledge and consent on children's health, abortion, and even gender-blocking decisions. Riots, burglaries, robberies, rape, no problem. It's okay if your life is at risk. Don't you dare defend yourself. They've politicized the judiciary and now aim it at their opponents. Murder isn't newsworthy unless the profile mix serves their agenda or in rare cases involves a sporting rifle. They're anti-election integrity except within their own political party conventions. They're against school vouchers and academic competition, even while a huge percent of their base reels from failed education. The jobs and products they say cause a climate crisis aren't a problem if from somewhere else. They want open borders and support U.S. involvement in foreign conflicts, their vision of global governance. Holy smokes, has the left changed in 15 short years. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. So, Miles Bauer, when I listen back to my own 60-second piece, the part that really locks me up is things like Target reports that they've lost $500 million in theft. If there were such a thing as a need for a Federal Bureau of Investigation, I debate that passionately, but let's just say it is and they are and move on. Uh, Target is in a whole bunch of different states, and they're losing $500 million. Folks, I got to tell you, let me just pause myself. They didn't actually lose the $500 million. The folks that bought stuff from them that had to pay an increase in price, you lost the $500 million. And it's not just Target. It's, it's Walgreens Drugs, it's CVS, it's everybody doing business in blue states and blue cities. They're getting ripped off. Folks are carrying stuff out the door and be darned if they can actually stop them because then they'll be embroiled in their own prosecutorial action. 
So I, I try to get my head around the changes, Miles, that you and I have seen in the last 15 years. And you said last week, you're the reason I got myself ramped up on this, by the way. So you've probably done it to me on purpose and you're giggling. But, but I, I watch this stuff, and you're probably right when you quipped that they've always been this way. They've not really changed. But holy smokes, they've really let the ball a string out a little bit in the last 15 years. Am I overstating that, Miles Bauer? No, I mean, it, it, it is getting crazy in some of these cities where when you walk into a drugstore, everything is locked within a uh, closet. And that, you know, to buy some shampoo, you you need a an employee to come over with a key right. and unlock the door and pull the bottle of shampoo out. It, it is a cultural crisis. And let me underline this, by the way, folks, because there are folks on both sides of the divide from every different ethnicity you can imagine that automatically call this a racial issue. And the reality of it is, is that the math itself denies that. This isn't a racial component. This is about communities that have been locked into Democrat policies for a minimum of two generations. 50 plus years of Democrat policy of uh, gray area. Everything's a gray area. Everything is, in fact, you can make a deal with them. You can negotiate. You can spend hours or millions in lawyer fees and negotiate. The moment you reach a deal, shake hands and sign the paper, they immediately start challenging it. And what you what you end up with is is a community after community all ethnicities being raised in single or no parent families, no moral fiber, no education. Y'all have heard me rant a number of times. If I'm 17 years old, I don't care about color. Ethnicity, I got to say it again, does not matter. If I'm 17 years old and I am functionally illiterate, I cannot fill out a job application. And I'm standing on the street, any street in the United States, by the way, and everybody is passing me in a nice car with nice clothes. If you don't think I'm angry, you're fooling yourself. And the reason I get on this rant is that when we find ourselves looking at these numbers, where one store can lose a half a billion dollars in just theft. And then we start with a list of who's getting stolen where. Milwaukee. I remember when Milwaukee was a pretty decent town, by the way. And I've talked a number of times on this show about me doing the memory lane on Facebook for Pontiac Waterford, southeastern Michigan, um, 40s, 30s, 1890s, whole bunch of pictures that folks find and put on there about the way the city used to be. It was a big city. It was one of the most prosperous cities in the state of Michigan. And in the last 15 years, they've given up their police department. Most of the homes have been for sale for years. You can't give them away because nobody wants to be there. And then where I'm going with this ramp, Miles, it's, I'm, I'm passionate on it. I'm sorry, but what I just can't get my head around is what good Democrat says, yes, I'm going to vote for that. How does that work in their head? Because they're not all communists. There are some good people that identify and vote Democrat. They are. We just disagree on policy, but they're not evil incarnate. So how do those people, Miles Bauer, say, yeah, we look what happened to Detroit. 
We can see the 1920s and 30s pictures where people are walking up and down the sidewalk with parasols, enjoying an afternoon. And now those streets, all the homes on both sides have been ripped down. How do they say, yeah, I'm voting for that? Miles, reel me in. Get my feet on the ground. Have this make sense for me. No, you know what? Um, The new mayor of Chicago down here equated the killing of a 24-year-old policewoman to the killing of a gang gangbanger. How does he make that connection? Yeah, exactly. I, and it's I, like, who who thinks like that? But who votes for that? That's the exactly. part. Truly, Miles, I don't, I, I'm, I don't understand how a person, and I keep saying that there's not a liberal left in the Democrat Party, and I'm not trying to be partisan, folks. I, I'm truly not. Actually, though, Mike, I think RFK Jr. is one of the last liberals left. Yeah, we touched on that before, and you might be right. But that tells me he's not going to get any support. Mm -hmm. Because the Democratic Party itself, just like we've talked about in the last couple episodes, the Republican Party is in the middle of an internal strife. I think we'll be better for it. But in the meantime, we got some hiccups to deal with. So does the left. But the idea, listen, I'm... Anybody, even when you and I were young in the 70s and 80s, back then Pontiac was in trouble. So I, I just, I can't fathom that voters, I'm, I'm putting this all on voters. I'm sorry, I am. I don't know what kind of voter goes into Chicago's voting booth and says, yeah, I want to vote for that numbskull that puts a, a, some street thug on the same level as a police officer. How does, how does a brain think that's a good vote how does that work miles i yeah no i i completely agree and yet you hear no um out outburst when the new mayor says that so yeah i mean to your point it it pretty much points to the people here in cook county what what are they actually thinking i I don't know that and i don't know what they're thinking in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is in a which is in a free fall change. I don't know what they were thinking in Pontiac when they absolutely decimated one of the greatest cities in the state of Michigan. But we could do this with every state listening. All of the large cities have become blue because they got people living on top of people, which is exactly what Thomas Jefferson warned us about, by the way. But every single one of them have become deep blue. So people like AOC with her staffer, when that staffer leaves to become the leader of the New York State Communist Party, it's not even newsworthy. People go, well, yeah. How, how does that not touch people's brain a little bit? Honest, I, I genuinely, intellectually, do not understand who could watch what's going on in New York City and say, yep, I want more of this. I don't get it. I really don't. I'm not mad. Folks, don't, I'm, I'm not. you're not hearing anger in my voice. You're hearing absolute intellectual frustration. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. I Let me put it to you bluntly in my final seconds before break. I would not purposely put my daughters or my grandchildren in the situation that those folks are doing with their votes. I don't, I, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Do me a favor, though. We've got a lot going. Stay with us. we got to go to a break, but we'll be right back. 
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer, and we are broadcasting from our flag station, WHTC, beautiful Holland, Michigan, right on the shores of Lake Michigan, 1450 AM, 99.7 FM, but you can hear us anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcast, a number of other podcasts also, but especially on WHTC's podcast. Find us there. We would love to have you. And shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. I get a lot of emails. I enjoy reading them. A lot of the topics that we talk about actually come from our listeners. You folks are greatly appreciated. Miles Bauer, my last comment about the FBI, and then I'll surprise everybody. Um, FBI leadership sabotaged Clinton Foundation investigations, according to the Durham report. Miles, is that shocking to you? No, not at all. (laughs) We talked about it. Back at the time, we talked about the fact that the FBI and the bureaucracy in total was refusing to, they're not going to do it. Not only are they not going to investigate, but they're going to stop any, any investigation, local, state, or federal. They stood as a doorstop to protect the Clintons. I don't, listen, I'm, I am passionately against the existence of a federal police department. Having said that, the idea that we the people are going to allow this to continue is abysmal to me when the corrective action is to vote away the folks that protect the bureaucracy. They're all in league together. Am I, am I Miles, am I wrong? No, I, no I, you're, you're uh, spot on. I, mean, I, I, I would actually love to be wrong, by the way. Right? I would. All right, let me surprise you. I agreed with Obama on something. That's a big surprise to me. I don't. That doesn't happen often. A couple times in all of his years of public life, I've, I've agreed with him. Obama roasted for answer to what keeps him up at night. See, they say starving for attention. He says he lays awake at night by a divided media. I don't know that I agree with him that it keeps him awake at night. I'm not sure I'm a, a believer in that. But you, Miles, are the first one on this show and in truth, the first one that I've ever heard bring up the concern over divided media. I remember early on when folks were angry, it was during the COVID government, COVID drama, uh, and Facebook people were leaving that. They were going to go to a bunch of other, uh, other different social media echo chambers. And your concern at the time was that, was that that was one of the few formats where both sides were still still heard is that first off correct me if, if do i have that correct the way i'm the way i'm describing that yeah i mean um i think the thing that struck me about the obama thing was you know when you and i were kids there were only three channels right right abc cbs nbc but the you know the the problem with with that era was that they were all just echoing the same message over and over. True. So when when Obama said that he 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 regrets that that era is over, it 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 is because somebody can push back on his message. I, I listen. I think you're correct with that. And in fact, in fact, I have to confess, I knew you would take that path. When I was listing this in show prep, I kind of smiled because <laughs> I know you fairly well. But <laughs> when when I looked at it, when I do show prep, just like I talked about on the 
Durham report issue. If you're only reading leftist media, and we've talked about this, folks, a lot, so I, I apologize, but I think it's critical. If you're a Democrat, if you're a leftist, whatever you identify yourself as, and you're reading media, that you, MSNBC, et cetera, uh, if you, my mother-in-law, by the way, love her, but she's a leftist, and that's all she reads. So when she hears my wife and I talking about the Durham report or whatever, she views it from one really small window. And the, and the purpose for the left, and by the way, folks, the purpose for the right is they're not after news, they're after ideological confirmation. And so that's all the news has become. So, Miles, you and I probably would agree that Walter Cronkite was not centrist. He was a leftist. And yep. and he just that's who he was. He was the news, and he was the left. I get that part. But, but when I look at the fracture that's going on in the Republican Party, and I look at the fracture that's absolutely going on in the Democrat Party, but the media doesn't tell you, in my view, Miles, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think those two, those two fractures where both sides are, are actually falling further to fringe right, fringe left, I think that's driven by media on purpose. Now, we could debate whether that's just a, a happenstance. I think it's on purpose. But am I wrong with my, my overall belief that the media is what is making the divide greater? Is that, is that wrong, Miles? Oh, yeah, because, um, I mean, if you think about it, and you made reference to it earlier in the show, and we, we've talked about it in the past, if, if they can keep that divide wide enough, then it becomes clickbait. Um, it, it, it does. And in and, and common, the, the, idea, the, <laughs> the idea that I'm seeking news to confirm what I believe that in itself is intellectual dishonesty. That's what I believe. And I'll have people email the show. They'll put stuff on the show's Facebook page or they'll go to my Facebook page. And they're sharing things with me and I'll start, I investigate them. I, I write them back, sir or ma'am, whoever it was. That's a great story except for, and then I'll give them the facts. that Because just in, in the end, everything's rhetoric except for what you can put in a bullet point structure. I said, this, it's great, but it's not true. I don't care. It, it tells people what I'm fe feeling and thinking. Uh, okay, but that's that makes us as bad as who you say we oppose. How does right. that make us better than who we're opposing for being liars? Um, right. When we know that their MSNBC is pumping out nonsense, do we really want to fight them with our nonsense? Um, I, I Listen, I, <laughs> I rarely agreed with Obama. And I think he overstated it. But I think he was on the right path with observing it, even if him and I don't agree on the detail. And maybe I'm fibbing to myself with that. But um, let me ask you this before we got to go to the break again. Squad member demands $14 trillion in reparations on a national level. She says it's time to pay that debt. And I'm down to a couple minutes, and this is a huge topic, but... I got to let me set you up and then you tell me the, the way it really is, Miles. Because when I do the math on, on um, slavery and then I look at the current population of the United States, are they overwhelming majority? Not a simple majority. Let's call it like a legislature. The supermajority 
of the current population of the United States are the descendants of immigrants that came here from 1880 forward. That's a math fact. That's not Mike's opinion. You can hunt it down, and it's a fact. So I'm trying to get my head around it. And then the answer, by the way, because I've engaged in this debate before, the answer is, well, yeah, but you're all, you're all getting to take advantage now of what was built by slaves then. I get that. But if that's true, and it is, everybody, regardless of heritage, color, ethnicity, religion, etc., everybody's taking advantage of that. So is the answer just to get a big bulldozer and flatten it and say start again? Miles, what's the answer out of this trick bag that they use strictly to drive votes? You know, the the uh, sad, sad part about this is that I don't know about your uh, family, but my uh, family came over from Germany around 1900, so I wasn't even involved in slaves. Right, but but most, the overwhelming majority of the U.S. population share that story. And I'll give you my example. We're down to 30 seconds, but listen, real brief on mine. My father's family came to the United States in 1881. My mother's family came over in the early 1600s, but they came over in indentured servitude. So, I mean, <laughs> that hardly made them slave owners. They lived in abject poverty for multiple generations, working as indentured. I, folks, it's $14 trillion. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back. All right, Miles Bauer, I know this is going to excite you, so I saved best for last just for you. Drudge reports Hannity to replace Tucker in major shakeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to rag on Hannity, but, you know, that, it reminds me of a presidential debate. You know, I, I knew a J, JFK, and he's no JFK, and in this case, Hannity is no Tucker Carlson. Is that a true statement? That would be accurate, yes. <laughs> I mean, when I read that, I went, I, it's clickbait, it's not newsworthy, but I got to do this for Miles Bauer. So, it's <laughs> uh, a shame on me moment. I think, I think Fox is right there with Bud Light and now with Miller. I think they've made some colossal mistakes. And I don't know, well, I, we may never know the truth about Tucker Carlson, and I certainly don't want to spend our final segment talking about that circumstance. Um, but but I'll tell you that often the, the, the mistake isn't the problem, it's how you handle it, and how they're handling the problem is disastrous. Same as Bud, same as Miller, uh, Miller Beer, just saying. And <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know the thing that is, that is stunning, Mike, is that when you, you and I were kids, beer commercials were fun. Yeah, I mean, there were, I mean, yeah, admittedly, there were women in bikinis and you know, and there there was a bunch of guy stuff. And I have no idea what these new marketing people are thinking. Yeah, no, they're, they, they're part of the revolution. And yeah. That, and that's fine, but the, the revolution is simply destroying their businesses. And it goes to what you've reminded me of me saying 40 years ago, don't get, don't get mad at your money. And yeah. they're they're turning their they're turning their businesses 
into political statements. But and I, and I I hearken back to Elvis Presley being interviewed, and they asked him some political question, and his answer was, you know what, I'm just an entertainer. I'd rather keep my opinion to myself. And so they wanted to flip it on him. Are you saying that entertainers shouldn't have a political position? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not going to give you mine. And that's what Bud should do. Uh, but listen, it didn't. I, it, by the way, the, when you mentioned the, the scantily clad women, that's what Miller's, that's the horse they're riding on now. And the irony to that is, is that none of those women, all of them, thought it was a huge honor and a big career boost to get paid gobs of money to be in that marketing campaign. So it's not like it's not like it was done by force and trickery. That's that I mean that's, that's the, the whole idea of it is just eyeball rolling. But I mean even Strohs, when Strohs from Detroit, Michigan used to do the commercial where they got the guy crawling on his hands and knees through the desert and somebody offered him a jug of water he says, "No, I really had my heart set on a Strohs." Uh, those were good, fun commercials. But even Johnny Carson used to do politics, and it was good fun. Whether he was making fun of Reagan or Carter or whomever, it was good fun. Nobody wants good fun anymore. Everything's got to be revolutionist. That's dangerous, Miles Bauer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just think the idea that both sides of the divide, well, whoever the woke people are, let me be more specific. Whoever the woke people are, are trying to defy human nature. And it's a fascinating oddity because most of them will articulate themselves or identify as atheist. So that means they're evolutionary people. All right. So you're going to take away however many millions of years that you believe are, are we are the evolutionary product of. Pretend none of that exists. Hey, folks, it just gets to the point where it's nonsensical to even try to reason it. It's insanity. Um, they, <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, the Soviet Union tried to do it. We touched on that recently in a, a show or two ago. What they they tried to come up with uniform, you know, neutral neutral sexes, whatever the heck that is. Uh, last couple moments, Miles. We got to get down to. Kevin McCarthy, GOP debt ceiling unity prevents Biden from shunning negotiation. Any predictions about what's going to happen with our debt ceiling, Miles Bauer? I certainly hope it doesn't occur, but what's what has gone on in the past is that eventually the Republicans gave. And, and will again, in my view, and will again. And, yeah. and part of it is because the Democrats are very, very good at trying to find stories where they can come up with some person that really appeals to people's hearts. And then they'll use that. They're very good storytellers. And good salespeople know the old accolade that says stories sell. Is That's that's as true as long as there have been salespeople. That's been a truism. Democrats are better at doing that. They're better at storytelling. Um, and it, they just are. By the way, I'll add a correction. The only time the Democrats have not been able to outstorytell has been has been with President Trump. Um, the way he did State of the Union bettered them. Um, he he's done a much better presentation than them. Even when I didn't always agree with his tweets, his presentation is his use of those tools. 
he's outdid them. I will give him that. Now, he can't beat all of the system that they've got in control of bureaucracy. Um, he may. We'll find out. He did once. So what do you well, think? Well, I, I can't believe somebody as squishy about Trump as you and Ludd are that you actually complimented Trump. No, no. Listen, there are a lot of things that I like about him. I like way more about him than I dislike. But I'm intellectually honest. There are things about him I dislike. There right. are things I wish that I'd say, okay, you were new in the beginning and you didn't know better. I'll hang my hat on that hook, but you're not new anymore. Keeping in mind, my, my idea of intellectual honesty is what I said on a different topic earlier in this episode. And that is because they're Denebian slime devils doesn't mean I have to be a Denebian slime devil to beat them. I mean, I don't have to act like I think they're animalistic. I don't have to be that way to beat them, do I? Because if that's the case, I'm going to lose. I'm just being right. honest with you. I don't, I don't yeah. have that in me to be like they are. So when he right. gets down in the mud and argues, like when he got in a Twitter debate with, a, with the mayor of London, I perceive that as being below the office of the presidency. Forget my opinion of President Trump. That's not what I thought would be the proper role of the presidency. So those were the areas that caused me pause. My pause you call squish. <laughs> right. He, he doesn't apologize. Or, no, no, right. That's true. You're squishy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but so do you think you and I will eventually evolve? You're, you're going to be pro-DeSantis and I'm going to be pro-Trump? Uh, listen, if it were, if, if today was primary day i would have a big internal wrestling match going on but there are things i'm not fond with desantis on also uh, but right. when i when i look at trump and by the way it's the same thing i thought about biden and, and even mcpain it comes a point where how old is too old that's part of what kind of kind of aches me i'm wondering i see he's in great health he's in way better health at his age than i am mine Listen, before we run out of gas, car prices. Miles Bauer, have you looked at car prices lately? Oh, it's astronomical. When, when, when you and I were young, um, Ludwig would suggest that was a long time ago, but it really right. wasn't all that young. When we were young, and I was broke, but I could go buy a car for 500 bucks that last a few years. And I'm looking at a car. I'm, I just went to cars.com, not critiquing them whatsoever, folks. Um, this is just the price of the market. Here's a 2007 Chevy uh, Avalanche with 228,000 miles on it for $7,000. And I'm thinking, really, seriously, anybody that would buy that is going to have to get a three- or a four-year mortgage yeah, mortgage on a $7,000 with 220. In the next one up, a 2014 Ford Fusion $9,987. It's got 132000 on it, Miles. I got to tell you, what, what got me just to save this for the very end, Ludwig can joke about me being old all he wants. I would not want to be 20 with a brand new family. And, and these price things are nuts. They're just off the hook, bat crazy, that these are the prices young folks are dealing with. We're yeah, down I was going to say, you know, you uh, should probably ask Jared where... He is out here. Hey, listen, sometimes, folks, Jared has a straight face. While we're talking about this, he's sitting over there running. The, he's our producer, our board ops, and he's nodding up and down in agreement. 
Jared, is this a lot of money for an old beat up car? Absolutely. Yeah. I, listen, I, I don't know where you're at economically in life, but I know when I was 28 years old, 10 grand for a, a mild out piece of junk oh, yeah. was insane. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, I, my heart, we screwed up. I think our generation screwed up for your generation, and I apologize to you, but not to Ludwig. <laughs> folks, listen, thank you very, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Find us again at themikehewittshow.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast, whtc.com. Stay with us. We will see you next week. Thank you very, very much.